Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another episode of Life of Love, where we focus on living a life of love, joy, and magic. And today is no exception. We have a divine soul here. John Jarman is our special guest. He's an acclaimed author. He has won the Literary Titans Gold Book Award for his book, Broken and Redeemed Through Complete Surrender. So he's going to share with us his story and how he came about writing this book and coming full circle into surrender and empowering others, coming from being in that place where he was knocked down to empowering other people to live their life of surrender and empowerment. And he's just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm just really honored to have him. He's a veteran of the Desert Storm. He served as a Marine and um, honor that. And he also went to school in my dear home state of Ohio. (laughs) And and yeah, he's a retired PE teacher. I'm assuming it was PE because you did so much with physical education. Is that right? Yeah, it was. I have a master's in physical education. I was a football coach and athletic director for years. That's awesome. So, so now you're you're helping people with their fitness and golf, and you've owned a gym before COVID and all the craziness. Yep. So it's amazing how we've all pivoted, and um, I just I just honor your path and uh, thank you for being here, John. Well, thank, thanks for having me, and thanks for that wonderful introduction. So, Oh, well, thanks for everything you've, you've put out into the world, you know. And I'm just so curious, John, can you give us insight as to how your experience led you to your faith? Um, looking back, what were, like, if you could share some critical moments that shook your life and, and made you come to where you are now, if you could highlight some well, things. Well, yeah, and, and I'd say the biggest highlight was when I, when I moved back to Washington, um, in 2007, I just, I saw a self-destruction behavior strip to happen again. And I reached out to a counselor and by the grace of God, I was, I, I met Christina Holland, who we worked with for probably off and on for 10 years. Um, and so it was through her guidance. And then about halfway through that process, I was able to meet my spiritual mentor, Scotty Kessler. And, and those two were the really factors as to how my faith grew and where I am today. And, and they're, Christine's responsible for the book because she's the one that planted the seed back in 2014 to, that said, John, you need to write a book. And, you know, I started writing it then, but I only got five pe- paid chapters done and I really didn't know where I wanted to take the book. And so it sat on the shelf until February of 2021. And so, and, and I'll tell the story of the book and then I'll get back to your question. So February of 2021, I was in my prayer and reading time in the morning and came across Hebrews 1036, which says, when you're doing the will of God, you must persevere to get what he promised. And then about an hour later, I was in the gym doing my workout. And when I do my cardio, I, I read other faith-based books and I listen to worship music. And so my favorite, one of my favorite authors is AJ Swoboda. And I was reading in his very first book and he was talking about doing the will of God. And it said in the book that no one told him if anybody would read his book or buy his book, he just had to write it. And I just looked to the ceiling and I said, okay, I get the message. I need to finish the book. And so I made a commitment to write two hours a day and the book was done in four weeks. You know, it's so exciting to hear that because the synchronicities, right? And that's what I'm always telling people. Like if you ask what you're supposed to be doing and then just live your life, do the things you do and you'll get affirmation, you'll get encouragement, you'll, you'll get something. Yep. 
Well, the key on that is, is then you have to obey, you know, because, because when you obey things happen and doors open and, and, you know, to follow that up, I, you know, I got signed on with an editor here in Washington and Arlen ended up being a scout for Morgan James publishing. We submitted my book to them September of 2021. I was accepted into their family in March of 2022. I had 500 books sitting in my lap. And so it doesn't happen that quickly. I don't think if you, if you know, God wouldn't have been involved in that. So that's how the book came out. Um, but to answer the question, you know, the pivotal, pivotal times was working with Scotty and working through some of the strongholds that I had from my past. Um, and 2016, I was going through a very, my, my business wasn't doing good. And my brothers, my sister-in-law was in the hospital, potentially dying. I'd already lost my two older brothers. And then a young lady I'd been dating who was a Christian woman, we ended up breaking off a relationship due to some other circumstances. And so my life is just in a crumble. And I just fell down on the floor that one morning in November. And I just said, you know what, I'm done giving you all control. I can't do it anymore without you. And that was the hard part for me because I had controlled my life for so long. I didn't want to give up that control. In my early walk, I would you know, people would say, God, it's John, it's God's timing. And I'm like, no, I want God's timing still. And obviously that never worked out for me. Um, and so when I gave up that control, that's when I started to see things differently. I started to see scripture differently. Um, I, I had a thirst for the word. And so I talked with my, with Scotty and I enrolled in seminary school to get a master's of theology. And, and I'm about eight hours shy of that, which I'll be going back probably later this year to finish. Um, and that's, that's what enabled me to write the book, I think, is the knowledge I acquired through all of that growth with Scotty in the seminary school. And I'm not saying everybody has to go to seminary, but the critical thing in your relationship with God is is you have to know God. And the only way to do that is through a daily reading plan because you have to spend time in the word and you have to pray. And that's the only, and then, you know, you start to have different views of scripture. You start to see things differently and it's a beautiful thing. You know, if, if you'd have told me three years ago I would be preaching the gospel and, and written the book, I would have laughed at you. So. Wow. So this hasn't this has been a really quite recent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The book's only been out on on ebooks like mm-hmm. Kindle. It's only been out since a year in April, and then it'll be a year this August. It, it'll be in bookstores. So I'm coming up on the official the official publication date is when it goes into bookstores, and that's August 16th. And so a couple months from now, I'll be celebrating that year anniversary. Yay. And so, and it's just been a blessing, and and a, and you know to see what God has done in my life and where He's placed me on. You know, I've done probably. 45 to 50 podcasts and just, you know, talking about my testimony and everything like that. So it's just been a true blessing. Oh, John. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm just, I just feel like I need to fill in some blanks for myself because I am so curious. I mean, Uh I read in your bio that you didn't have memory of the first 12 years of your life. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm just curious, how did you figure that out? Did you Try to remember childhood memories and you're like, I just don't know. I don't know when I, you know, I don't remember playing kickball with my brothers or I don't remember learning to ride a bike. Like, tell me about that. Well, I I do remember some things, but not everything. And and the reason being, and and I really didn't worry about that until I started working with Christine. Um, And then I started to go, you know, what happened here? What happened there? Um, and so I started to do some investigation, but my childhood was a very violent childhood. My dad was abusive to my mom. Christina thinks that I was a victim. I don't know. Um, I don't recall 
ever being, you know, in that situation. And it's probably a good thing. Um, but you know, at, at age 12 is when everything kind of changed because that's when I put on an armor. I don't know how, but I walked out, my dad was beating up my mom and I walked into the kitchen, grabbed a knife and said, if he didn't stop, I would kill him. And he left then. Um, and it was my mom and my three brothers left to survive. And so, you know, from that point on, I controlled my life and, you know, I did whatever I wanted to do kind of thing. And, and, you know, I got involved, all of us got involved in the party and in the drug scene. And, you know, I, you know, I look back on my past and, you know, I regret some of the things I do, but it was made me who mm-hmm. I am. Um, and, you know, I was in the, I sold drugs to, get money because I didn't, you know, back when I was growing up, minimum wage was like a dollar 75. And I was like, you know, I can make more money doing this. And so I did that. And it was a survival mode. Um, not proud of it looking back, but you know, um, it is what it is. And so, you know, I did make amends with my dad. Um, it wasn't until I was about 24 years old, I came home from overseas duty in Okinawa and I flew to his house and he didn't know I was coming. And and when he opened the door, I punched him in the mouth and he stood up and said he deserved it and took me downstairs and we talked for hours and he showed me a lot of things that weren't true and things that were true. And so then I came back and had a heart to heart with my mom and, you know, that kind of started the resolve of that. Um, but, you know, it really wasn't until I started working with Christine that I realized that I didn't remember because I, I got this really nice photo album from my grandmother and it had childhood pictures. And I'm looking at these pictures going, I don't even remember this, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just stuff when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10, I'm looking at pictures. I go, I have no memory of this. And so that's how it kind of came about. Um, and, you know, then as I started to figure out that I might be a survivor of abuse, you know, I have three scars on my arm from a surgery I had when I was eight months old. And so I was like, what happened? What caused this to happen? And there's two causes. So I have, I had osteomyelitis. There's two causes to osteomyelitis. One is a severe case of pneumonia or one is the other is a compound fracture. And so I'm going, okay, did something happen? So I started looking, I was born in Arkansas. So I started looking at the hospitals that were open in 1964 because I was eight months old and none of the hospitals have a record. One of the hospitals that I called one of the, their warehouse where they stored microfilm, it caught on fire and they lost half their microfilm. So my record could have been in there, but I have no record of me being in the hospital. And I have two major surgeries and three scars on my arm to prove that I was in the hospital and there's no record anywhere. And your mom, so, since your mom has passed, so you can't yeah, ask and, and, her. and when I started this investigation, my mom was gone. Mm-hmm. My dad was gone. My two older brother, my oldest brother was still alive and a couple of my uncles had passed. And I asked one of my uncles if he knew about it. He said he didn't know at that time. And so I found that kind of strange because, you know, I mean, if something that traumatic were to happen to my kid, if I had kids, my family would know about it. And, you know, he didn't know about it at that time. You were so, an infant. I mean, you were so, under a year old. You're Yeah. And just a lot of, you know, and, and I'm not saying that something bad happened. I just, we just don't know. Right. And so, you know, and, and so I, I said, all right, I want to try to do some memory recovery. And so Christina and I started that. And then we backed off on that because one day we were doing it. Uh, we were doing a session and and it was a, you know, bright sunny day and we had a little demonic spirit show up. And that's when I started working with Scotty because um, when we were doing the session, it was a bright sunny day up here in the Northwest. And, and my recollection of the day was it felt like the room shrank and got really dark. And I had 10 fingers on my chest holding me down and I couldn't get up. I physically could not sit up. 
And Christina's memory of it was that the room expanded and then whatever was in the room told her if we kept going that it would take her. And so we stopped that research right then. And, and I went back to church and I talked to one of the pastors and they, and I told them what happened. They said, well, you need to talk to Scotty Kessler because Scotty works in the deliverance ministry. He also does prayer counseling and stuff. And so I started working with Scotty then. And, and that's what really worked on the freedom of the strongholds and all that stuff. So. There, there's so much that we're attached to that we have no idea. Yep. And um, I know that I actively ask for any implants. They say, I mean, I, I follow this, um, this group and they're, they, they claim that when we reincarnate, that we have these agreements for these implants to be put in us. And it's, there's things that we can't touch, but you can sense and you can feel. And um, I've actively asked, you know, the violet flame to cleanse and remove any contracts. And um, I love that this is coming up because this has been something that I, it wakes me up at night thinking I should put a contract cancellation like um, piece on my website because people don't understand the forces that come in that we can't see that can, you know, and since we agreed to it on some level when we incarnated, these power structures feel like they own us and it's victory of the light. It's well, and I tell, you know, I tell other believers when I'm talking to them, you know, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have to believe in the demonic side of that because, you know, I mean, he casted out demons himself. And so, you know, they're real. The spiritual warfare is Mm -hmm. real and it's, you know, it's a battle that we face. And, and again, the only way to truly combat that battle is knowing the word and being able to combat it with, the sword of truth. And that's the word of, that's the gospel. So. Mm, I love that. Has Archangel Michael, has he been a part of this? Cause he's the warrior angel. And, you know, I, I, you know, not personally, you know, I just, it, it, you know, I didn't feel presence of anything mm-hmm. like that, you know, but, but, you know, my arcade, my angel is Scotty Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Scotty's, Scotty's worked with a lot of young men and discipleship and everything like that. So it's, it's been a bless. It was a blessing to work underneath him and, and, you know, just to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who I learned obedience from because, you know, we were working together and one day he called me up and goes, John, I'm moving to Nebraska. And I'm like, what? He goes, the Holy Spirit told me I need to be in Nebraska. And he just packed up his house and his family and off he went. And I was just like, okay, that's true obedience mm-hmm. right there. And, you know, so, you know, I try to model that after him and he was a great role model for me. We still take, we stay in touch and, you know, and, and it's been a blessing. So oh, I love that. <clears throat> I love that. And, you know, it's, it's what blows my mind is that if you, you know, there's people who follow a strong religious path and then there's people that follow more like spiritual. And it's interesting mm-hmm. when the, the worlds, um, they intertwine and the, the, the testimonies, match up and mm-hmm. it's all about love and light and and yep. casting out that just that doesn't serve love that doesn't serve your right. light that doesn't serve god the highest good well it's, i mean 
the greatest commission Jesus gave us is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So he told us to love and then go make disciples of all nations. So, you know, and that's kind of what I'm doing with the book because it's creating a discipleship ministry for me and, and sharing my testimony to help other people who've, you know, been down similar paths or, or paths close to mine and, and how it gives them hope. I hope that, uh, you know, that the, they receive hope from the book because they know that, you know, if I made it out, they can make it out too. Yeah. So. And then did your experience in Desert Storm, has this added to your, you know, the depth of your commitment to your service? I mean, what were your experiences Well, there? I mean, you know, being a Marine, yeah. you know, the Marine Corps saved my life because it, it got me out of the mm. drug world. Because um, if I'd have stayed where I was, I'd probably be dead or in jail. Um, and so that was my rescue path out of that. And, you know, but I chose the Marines because at the time, you know, I felt they were the best in the, you know, fighting and all that. And plus they have the best uniforms in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and, and just, you know, serving four and a half years and serving my country, you know, that, that was a true honor. Um, and, and that led to, you know, having a better discipline, you know, led to leadership because I became a football coach. You know, I wanted to be a coach to help kids not go down the same path I went down. And, you know, even as I wasn't, even as my faith was growing during all that time, you know, I still made mistakes and, and still, you know, ha- hurt some people along the way. And, you know, I look back on it now and the self, I call it the self-examination of Christianity. When you reach a certain point of that surrender, you have to look at yourself and search yourself and find out who you hurt and what you did that wasn't right and, and seek forgiveness. And that's part of your walk in faith. And that was the toughest part. It's, it's tough to do because you have to humble yourself and you have to be vulnerable. Right. Right. So. And that's, that's the really, and that's so tough for men. Mm. The the men, the men in your audience, that I would say to them is, you know, lay down your pride. Don't be afraid to ask for help, and you know, then become humble and vulnerable, because that's the only way to true freedom. Mm. So, that's well, that's what I was going to touch on was that freedom, and then I also wanted yep. to mention you had a quote. Um, it's from your book, and with your permission, I'd love to read it. Yeah, sure. We only have two choices when we doubt. One is to go deeper or we walk away. Yep. And that, that to me is, it's a choice point, right? And, and once you make that decision, you're all in, you're not, you're not just going with the flow. You're like, no, I had a doubt. You got to, you got to, you got to jump off the cliff head first and land in the ocean. So. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. walk away. Well, and, and, don't be in the middle, and, like commit and, and right, walk your path. Right, and that right, was really powerful. Right. And I read that. I was like, damn, that's, that's yep. awesome. Well, and, and that's one of the things I tell people, you know, when they're going through hard times and I know that you just lost your father-in-law, mm-hmm. correct? And, you know, I tell, you know, what I tell people in times like that is I said, you know, lean into Jesus. You know, don't be afraid to lean in. And when I say lean in, lean in hard, you know, and, and that's one of the pieces of advice I give people when they're grieving is, is they have to lean in. And that's what I did, you know, and, and, and it was, it was the best thing I ever did. And my favorite, AJ Swoboda, who I talked about earlier, one of my favorite quotes, quotes from his book is, God created us without our permission. He will not save us without our consent. We must want to be saved. Have to ask. And so that's what I have to ask. Yep. Yep. And you have to give him consent, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the way he designed it. And and once you do, though, your life changes. So Mm -hmm. because then anything else that's trying to maintain a stronghold, like we were talking before, Mm -hmm. they can't there's no 
counter move for God and love. That's the higher right. vibration. So if right. if you feel like you're affected, if you feel like you have a program running and you're not in control or you're, you know, that loss of memory, I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, it happens. And, you know. Yep. Well, and, you know, I just came to a point where I didn't, I said, you know, I don't want to know anymore. And Christina told me, she goes, John, if you find out, you might have to spend 15 more years in counseling, <laughs> you know? So, so I was like, you know, I don't want to know. And if it, if God wants to reveal it, he'd reveal it. And, you know, it's there, it's protecting me. And so I just move ahead. And, you know, there was, it, it took a little bit of time to let go of that because I really wanted to know. Um, but, but it was, once I let go, it's been a lot easier. So. Again, it, it comes back to the surrender, and, yeah. you know, and trusting that yeah. what you need to know will, will come when you're ready for it. When, right. And it right. might be just something that'll just come through when, you know, at the timing. Oh, wow. So the, and I, I got the sense that you wouldn't have had the courage to go punch your dad in the face if you hadn't been a Marine and served and had that pride. Yeah. I I don't know. I just, you know, that's something, like I said, I grew up in a violent home. That's all I knew how to, that's how I knew Mm -hmm. how to resolve uh, conflict for a while. Um, And, you know, I had a pretty quick temper and that cost me my eighth grade year. I had to repeat eighth grade because of my temper. Um, And so, you know, I think I probably still would have done that. I don't think I would have done it now because of my faith and where I'm at, because I'm a different person than I was then. Um, But it served its purpose. And, you know, my dad used to call me every Sunday after that. And we'd have a conversation every Sunday morning. And, you know, and when when he passed away and that first Sunday came and the phone didn't ring, that was that was tough. You know, I was like, wow, this I'd almost called his phone number just so I could hear his voice, you know. So but that was a tough time. I know. And but that and and I'm glad that we made amends and I'm glad that we had a relationship as adults. Right. And that took. It took a lot to face, to face that mm-hmm. he was sort of a demon of your childhood, but you wanted well, and, some resolution. And he realized his mistakes. And I mean, he raised he his, my stepmother and him were together longer than my mother and I. Um, he never abused her. And, and, you know, he realized his mistakes and her daughter, one of her daughters, she had three daughters and one of her daughters was a, was a drug addict and used heroin and she died on the delivery table. And so Millie and my dad raised that child. Wow. And, you know, when I watched my dad with that child, he, it was like, he was trying to make amends for what he, the mistakes he made. And that, and that's the way I looked at it because he was super good. I didn't get jealous because, you know, I didn't go, oh, I wish I would have had that. I looked at it as my dad saw what he did wrong and he's trying to fix it. And that's, so. you know what, that's what's, we're all here for that. We're all here. We're yep. going to mess up. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, it's the, how you, how you pick up the pieces, how you, you know, you, you have free will, you know, you made a bad choice, but you mm-hmm. self, it, you had a, you examined yourself, you made amends and you're, you know, it's, it takes courage, yep. you know, because yep. you also have the choice to pretend like nothing happened or you didn't contribute to it. Yep. So exactly. Uh, exactly. And yep. I can see why your book would be very relatable because, you know, nobody's a saint, nobody. No, <laughs> no, no. Nope, that is guaranteed. <laughs> we are all flawed in some way or another. So, but the you know the good thing is is when you develop a faith that you start to see those flaws better. And you know I tell people that I work with is you know you're still going to sin, but you're going to sin sin less because you start to figure out the triggers and you start to 
figure out the thoughts that cause those things and then you can escape them. Um, and that's the difference when you, when you have a deeper walk and, and when you've been through the self-examination and all that stuff and the surrender. And, you know, again, it goes back to, and I can't say it enough. It's the humility and vulnerability that you have to have. Mm-hmm. So Christine worked on that. She wanted me to become more vulnerable. And when I got the first review of my book manuscript, one of the editors said that she was very happy to see a, a male author with this vulnerability. And I sent her that quote and I said, you got what you wanted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, and she mm-hmm. smiled. So, but, but she's the real reason the book's here. So, cause she told me I should write it. So, oh. and I think part of it was a healing process because, you know, after writing it and looking back through it, it helped me heal a little bit further. And, you know, it was, and it's just amazing because, you know, like I said earlier that the book was done in four weeks because it was just a dump. And, and my, my editor, when I first met her, she said, who was your target audience? And I'm like, I didn't write with anybody in mind. I just wrote. Um, and so I said, anyone, and she goes, you can't say that. (laughs) And then she did, she did her review of the book and she said, John, I don't usually say this, but your book is for anyone. Oh, so, wow. So, and yeah. you're, so it's, it's, yeah, you're offering a special um, discount for my audience, right? So, yeah, yeah. If they, if they use the, if they go to my website, the book's available anywhere books are sold. But if you want a signed copy, if they visit my website, brokenredeem.com, put in the code Titus 3, 3 through 7, it'll give them a discount. I'll sign the book and send it out to them. Oh, that's so lovely. That's awesome. Yep. And then they could see everything that you're working on. And, and yep. uh, so that's a blessing. Oh, John. Yep. Book two is already in the, in the works. It's about three chapters in. So, so I'm working on that. So. And like you said, you had, if someone told you three years ago, you'd be writing a book, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't really care about high school and when I was going to school and, and I didn't pay attention too much in classes and I got D's in English and I have dyslexia and, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Marine and a football coach. I am not a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told that to Arlen, my editor, and she goes, John, you're an author. I'll make you a writer. And she did that exactly. Aww. So, um, it, it was a, it was a nice touch and, you know, working with her. And so, and I'll work with her when I get ready with this second manuscript as well. So that's awesome. Well, I'm just so yeah. I'm so honored to have you share your story on on my podcast and with the audience. And I know that your book is going to help a lot of people find their life of love and and just share share a path because it's all to me. We have to have things to soothe ourselves. And like right. you, you go to scripture and you know, and to the Bible and God and, and that's, a, it's a solid path, you know, that's, that's tried mm-hmm. and true. And so it's a great, it's a great thing to share because we haven't really talked about the Bible too much. It comes up, but as right. far as like specific scriptures. And so I'm really glad to give this, this insight because um, there's, there's just so much, so many clues well, and, and I'll, I'll share a little story with you. God has a really good sense of humor because when I started working with Scotty, I didn't really like the Old Testament. I called it the dark side of the Bible. And so when I started seminary school, my very first class was Old Testament review. And when I got the, when I found that out, I just went, I looked up and I said, okay, you got a sense of humor. You're going to put me in a class where I can learn, you know? And so it was, and then I was a Marine for four and a half years and never got a tattoo. And my first tattoo is, is, a Bible verse from Exodus. It's Exodus twenty twenty, and it says, 
do not be afraid. God has come to test you uh, so that the fear of God will be in you to keep you from sinning. And it's Exodus 2020. And when I read that one morning, it just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, 2020, you know, and I was like, okay, the clear vision when you go to an eye doctor is 2020. Mm -hmm. So this is the first Bible verse with that 2020. There's 17 others in the Bible. Uh, Four of them are in the New Testament. The rest are in the Old Testament. Out of the 17, 10 are give instructions on what we're, how we're to live and act as Christians. And then the other seven are just part of stories. So I did this huge study on the verses of 2020. And then I put that tattoo on my arm just for me because of what it meant to me. But it's a great starter because now when I shake hands with people, they see the tattoo and they ask about it. And so it gives me an immediate opening to, to share my testimony and, and to, you know, present the gospel to them if they're not a believer. Mm. So so. That's definitely sparking. And I, I love numbers yep. and numerology and, the, yep. you know, love your neighbor as yourself. That That's really great yep. because it tells you that you're loving yourself is really important, too. You know, like, well, and, and you have you have to love yourself before you can love mm-hmm. others. And and there was a lot of times and I and I shared this before on other podcasts when I looked in the mirror in my previous lot, you know, before my faith got this strong, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I didn't like who I saw. And so, you know, now you know, I can look myself in the mirror and I, and I love the man I've become and my heart's different. And I see the world differently because I see the world through God's eyes. And, you know, I, I look at people differently and it's just been a blessing. So, and what I'm hearing is that you, you softened your heart little by little. Well, he, this, the Holy Spirit did that. Holy Spirit softened (laughs) your heart. Yep. 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 And that's announced. And I have no problem saying that because I had a heart of stone and and now I have a heart of love. Mm So, um, and, and the only way that happened was through my growth in faith and my work with Scotty and, and, you know, keeping my daily prayer and reading time and everything like that. So. Wow. So, I mean, I just, I want to dig into that just a a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because it's really scary when you, when you put these protective chains around your heart and you put iron mm-hmm. and I even remember my mom she get like I get my heart broken by boyfriends in high school or whatever like stupid stuff and she's like well mm-hmm. you know don't let them put strings on your heart and right. to me I was like oh I need to be I need need to be less vulnerable and you know I've and nothing against my mother she's a wise wonderful person but these this advice that we give our kids to keep them safe. Right. Like, I mean, right. those dumbasses that broke my heart, <laughs> that, uh, they shouldn't have the privilege of making my heart harder. Right. Like, right. And right. so it's just like this unlearning of things that you've, you've used to cope or to, to make life less scary. Oh, absolutely. Right? But yeah. once you yeah, face, absolutely. like your, your quote about the doubt, once you face the doubt, am I lovable? And right. then you're like, well, I am lovable and I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to show up in, in my best self because that's what I'm here to right. do. And, and right. when I play small, I'm not being true to myself. So you just bear your soul, and, like soften your heart. Right. And, and, and what I would say is, you know, if you have listeners that are, that are, survivors of trauma because mm-hmm. that's the way I like to put it rather than the victim mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know they you know when you're a survivor 
a lot of times you you place a lot of guilt because you think you caused it and and that's not the right way to do it because you you had nothing to do with it you you know you were you were a victim at that time but you've survived it um but you have to work through that and and overcome that and and it takes a lot of work and you know if if you're in a situation you know reach out get a counselor, get somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It can just be a mental health professional, but you know, you're not going to be able to fix it by yourself. You're going to need help. Right. So. There's, there's things that are so plain to the person sitting next to you that you have lived with. That you're so yep. unconscious about because yep. they're just part of yep. like, it's part of like a fish being in a fishbowl. You don't really know you're in a fishbowl yep. when you're a fish, but someone who's standing well, next to you. And yeah. I grew up, I grew up, I didn't let my friends in, you know, I, I kept them at a certain distance because, you know, I would, I did, I was afraid that if they knew what I was going through that, you know, they would leave me as a friend and that was stupid, but that's the way I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I told my brother when his wife was passing away, I said, you know, Jason, love hurts no matter what, because whoever you love is going to leave you eventually because they might die before you. And so they they're gone or they might walk out the door. Mm-hmm. And so love, the love has a price and love's going to hurt. And you have to be willing to pay that price and accept that pain because some, you know, it could happen. The only way it doesn't hurt is if you die first and then your loved ones, they're the ones that are going to have the pain. And so love has a cost and, and we just have to realize that and not be afraid mm-hmm. of it. So and open up your heart. And I've started so. saying how privileged I was to feel something that strong. Yeah. What a yeah. gift it was to have that. And you don't own anything. Yep. Nothing. Nothing's owned. Nope. We're just nope. we're just experiencing it. And you can choose yep. to experience it fully or you can hide in the shadows. And, you know, so it's it's your choice. And I, I say this yep. till I die. Every day is a chance to live the life of your dreams. So. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, this has been a delight and a pleasure. And I just thank you so much for being a guest. And I'm going to share your website on, on the show notes and the discount code for the, for the autographed copy, because that's really great. And um, I I wish you all the best and thank you for being on life of love. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And and again, I just, I'm honored to be a guest and, you know, keep up the good work with this podcast and keep touching lives Mm. and and changing lives. Yes. I feel like we're, we're sovereign partners in this (laughs) and I'm going to be better. I have a Bible next to my chair in my room and I, I look at it, but I don't open it all that much. God's saying, open it up. It's it's gotta, it's gotta be an everyday thing. So, so start in the book of Romans. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> I'll let yeah, you know. That's a that's a good book to start with. So, all right. Well, thanks again, John. All the best. You're very welcome. And thank you, my listeners. I really appreciate your ears and your hearts. And I'm really excited to introduce my new website, lifeoflovenjoy.com. You are welcome to head over there to make comments about any episodes or give me suggestions for episodes you recommend. I am here for you and I want you to know that we're a community and I'm supporting you and holding space for your life of love. Also, so exciting. My audiobook is finally out so you can pick it up on Apple, Apple audiobooks or on Audible. 
And what's pretty cool is Amazon has given me a promo. <laughs> They're wanting people to listen to their Audible content. So, you know, it's just great timing, I guess. They gave me a promo code. You can download my book, even if you've tried a promo code with them before or you've done trial membership. This is available to everyone, regardless if you've done a promo and canceled. You can sign up with the link that I'll provide in the description. You get a, my title for free, and if you're a Prime member, you get another title for free and access to their whole library. And if you don't want to use it, you can always always cancel it. So that's available. And a big thing you can do to help me out is leave a review. Leave a review on my podcast or leave a review if you liked my book or my audiobook. It's huge for me, so I really appreciate it. And always go out and have a wonderful day and live your life of love.